Are we really going to do this today? Am I going to do lazy sports talk radio Mount Rushmore topic? We are because something happened yesterday. It was a legend in the Tennessee Athletics family. It was his birthday and it spurred off a great conversation on our radio show. So Mount Rushmore in segment one, John Wilkerson, voice of the Vols, baseball team in segment two and Tennessee, Arkansas preview in segment three. We are loaded up. Buckle up here on a Friday locked on ball. You are locked on balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee volunteers. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome into Locked On Vols. It is your team every single day, and of course, we're talking the Tennessee Volunteers here, so it's all Vols all the time here on Locked On Vols. Thanks so much for making Locked On Vols your first listen each and every day. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey App, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, completely free, available on every single platform. Thanks so much for making our show, Locked On Vols, your first listen. And guys, we're just a few away, just a couple away from 400 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Continue to encourage you guys to subscribe on YouTube. Please help me out there. You guys know the goal was 1,000, and it's been about 27 days and already essentially to 400 subs. So making good progress, but let's continue to get on towards our goal at 1,000. I'm your host, Eric Kane do radio in Knoxville, Tennessee. I write for the rival site covering Tennessee. That is VolQuest.com. Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us here today. So, like I said in the cold open, it was someone's birthday yesterday, all right? Ever heard of a cat named General Neeland? Yes, the innovator of uh, what we know of college football nowadays, sideline, you know, phones up to the press box, a lot of the no-huddle stuff. All those have said that you know General Neyland had that innovation and uh, countless others for uh, the, uh, the the sport of football, right? Well, it was his birthday yesterday, and he was born on that day, February the 17th, back in 1892. All right, so that got us thinking a little bit. And again, let me just, like I said in the cold open, it is the laziest sports talk segment you can do. Mount Rushmore, top four running backs all time, yada, yada, yada. But we thought it was appropriate, and it wasn't planned. We didn't um, we didn't prep this subject, but when we figured out that it was General Neyland's birthday, we just we just kind of rolled with it. And the interaction via social media, Facebook, Twitter, the phone lines lit up. Um, it was awesome. So wanted to bring this onto the show and tell you who my Mount Rushmore of Tennessee Athletics is. And the comment section, please fill it up. Feel free to disagree with me. I disagree with myself because this is so challenging when you're trying to pick four to go on the Mount Rushmore for Tennessee Athletics. But of course, this is um, you know brought on by the birthday of General Nealon. So for me, there are two untouchables, right? There are two that go on the Mount Rushmore. You don't even have to think about when you're talking about Tennessee Athletics. You know, in, in no particular order here. But number one, because we're bringing this on because of the conversation um, of his birthday, it would be General Nealon. That is. Robert Reese Nealon, born on yesterday of 1892. Uh, what he did for the sport of football, what he did serving our country, what he did for the University of Tennessee, no-brainer. The stadium's named after him, obviously. Nealon, Coach Nealon, would be on my Mount Rushmore of Tennessee Athletics. Uh, number two, and again, this is in no particular order, the top two, um, but it's a no-brainer. It's Pat Summitt's um, championships, 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 Title Town here in, in you know women's basketball in the college realm here in Knoxville Tennessee but but more than that there is no women's basketball the way we know it now 
without Pat Summit. There's no Olympic women's basketball without Pat Summit. I mean, it's incredible what one woman who didn't play basketball, right, played volleyball here at the University of Tennessee, uh, did in terms of you know this sport and what we know now is very, very competitive. And, of course, one of her disciples, Kelly Harper, trying to bring the program back to where it was under, of course, Pat Summit. So General Nealon, Pat Summit up there on my Mount Rushmore of Tennessee um, athletics, easy. And then here's where the conversation starts. We have so many deserving candidates to go on the Mount Rushmore. Um, and, and my last two, and this is tough, Again, I'm going to read you off about 20 names here that could have been on my Mount Rushmore, and I'm sure they're on your Mount Rushmore. Um, this is tough, but my number three would probably be Candace Parker. Again, championships matter. Titles matter. That's um, why you play the game, right? And Candace had multiple championships here at the University of Tennessee. But again, it also, for me, and you can make this your own, it goes so much more than what you did just here at Tennessee. Look what Candace Parker did in the WNBA. Look what Candace Parker did in, in the Olympic Games. Look what Candace Parker is doing now in terms of uh, turning her career, her second career, into uh, being a great broadcaster, right? She's she's like the female version of Charles Barkley. Maybe not as arrogant, maybe not as rude and crude, but just will say exactly what's on her mind and will tell you how it is. And you love it, right? Those TNT broadcasts are awesome. Uh, TBS, I know that's probably really, really bad. I just messed that up. But the March Madness coverage, I believe she's with TBS. No, she's got to be with TNT because she's with Charles Barkley. Nonetheless, hosting Saturday Night Live, everything she's doing, being an ambassador for the University of Tennessee, an ambassador for women's sports and obviously women's basketball, Candace Parker, hands down, has to be on my Mount Rushmore. And the fourth slot was very challenging for me because, again, you've got so many deserving candidates. You could go Philip Fulmer, who brought the latest national championship home to Tennessee, who served as athletics director. And I know that that kind of tainted his legacy a little bit, especially how he's the one that hired Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt fired with cause, ultimately ending Philip Fulmer's athletic directorship here at the University of Tennessee. But he did a lot of things behind the scenes that nobody will ever know about that kind of got this uh, athletics department back afloat. Could it be Philip Fulmer? Could it be T. Martin, who was the quarterback on that national championship winning team uh, for Tennessee? Could it be uh, Condres Holloway, who was a dynamic two-sport athlete here at the University of Tennessee, a great baseball player, but broke barriers in terms of being a you know an African American quarterback in the Southeastern Conference and um, here at Tennessee? How can you have a Mount Rushmore without putting Peyton Manning on there? Right? I mean. Again, Candace is kind of a female version of Peyton Manning as well in terms of her ambassadorship of the University of Tennessee and everything she's done since leaving the University of Tennessee. But Peyton Manning, that's self-explanatory. Could it be Ernie and Bernie, right? Monica Abbott, what she's meant for the, the sport of softball. And uh, again, what she meant here for Tennessee softball. Tamika Catchings, another another Lady Vols. Uh, two of the other three uh, Tennessee football players, the only three Tennessee football players who were both in the College Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mentioned Peyton Manning. What about Doug Atkins? And, of course, Reggie White. What about Al Wilson? John Ward, the voice of Tennessee athletics. Um, what about Doug Dickey, former coach, former athletics director? What about Ray Mears? You get my picture here. And there were so many other ones I left off here. Chris Lofton. Um, it's a difficult conversation to have. It really is. But the one I settled on, and, again, it was not Philip Former. It was not Peyton Manning. Um, it was not some of these other work conjures Holloway, some of these worthy, worthy candidates. It was Johnny Majors, and, and it's hard for anyone to refute that as well. Um, again, you talk about a, a tough, tough 
uh, conversation to have and, and debate to put up in terms of Mount Rushmore for Tennessee Athletics, my fourth slot will go to Johnny Majors. He was a Tennessee boy through and through. Should have won the Heisman, an All-American, a decorated football player here at the University of Tennessee. Goes on, coaches, um, becomes a, a legendary head coach, a Hall of Famer, wins a national championship at Pitt, comes to Tennessee, doesn't win a national championship here, but you know over a decade of success in the football program, leaves, uh, goes back to Coach Pitt a little bit more, and then, of course, is around up until um, his unfortunate death a couple of years ago. Johnny Majors, uh, 100%, 100% is in uh, this conversation. So that's my four, all right? It is Pat Summit, General Nealon, Candace Parker, and Johnny Majors. It's tough. How in the world am I leaving Peyton Manning off the Mount Rushmore of Tennessee Athletics? I, I, I don't know how I'm doing that, but I'm doing that. Feel free to put in the comment section how I am so wrong and who you're for. Uh, your four on the Mount Rushmore of Tennessee Athletics would be. I tried to put this up on Twitter yesterday. Didn't get a whole lot of fan interaction. I was a little upset about it, uh, but nonetheless, uh, it's still there. If you want to go check it out, I put a picture of uh, of uh, General Nealon and then asked the question, who would be on your Mount Rushmore of Tennessee Athletics? So again, lazy sports radio take right there. Lazy segments. Lazy. It's just going back to the well. You can bring it out a couple of times a year if you wanted to, but... We thought it was fitting on the starting lineup on 99.1 The Sports Animal to kind of bring it out yesterday to honor General Nealon. And, of course, it sparked on a great conversation. I know you guys are passionate about that as well. But one more time, mine is Pat Summit, General Nealon, Candace Parker, Johnny Majors. You can also differentiate it and say, who's your favorites? If my favorites were out there, it would be Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, John Ward, Oh, this is tough. Peyton Manning, John Ward, Reggie White, and probably T. Martin, or excuse me, probably Conjures Holloway, right? I mean, you, you see what sport I'm very passionate about. Todd Helton. Todd Helton is a uh, Knoxville boy, a you know potentially a Hall of Famer one day in, in, in Major League Baseball. Maybe he would be on your favorite. So, nonetheless... Fun conversation to have. We can have it here on Locked On Vols. Hey, John Wilkerson, talking about another GOAT, right? Voice of the Tennessee baseball team, my co-worker at the Sports Animal. Uh, he is going to join the show to preview Tennessee baseball. It starts tonight. Georgia Southern comes to town. The Volunteers looking for uh, step number one in its return trip to Omaha. And John Wilkerson will talk to us about Tennessee baseball here when we return on Locked On Vols. But before John... Football might be over. Baseball season is happening right now, but basketball, it is in full swing both in the pro and the college landscapes. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, where the next head coach is fired and where he might land, BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news all season long. And it's not just basketball. I just mentioned baseball, of course, football when it comes back around again, but also for hockey, for boxing, for UFC, odds, all that and more right to your Olympic coverage in Beijing. Head on over to the website uh, today or use your mobile device, sign up, learn the new trends, and follow all the action. Bet online. It is where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'll go back into Locked On Vols and exciting times here on the banks of the uh, Tennessee River here in Knoxville, Tennessee. The Volunteers set for year number five of the Tony Vitello era. And that baseball season gets kicked off with a three-game set at Lindsey Nelson Stadium against Georgia Southern. And want to bring on to the show friend of the program, one of my co-workers at 99.1 The Sports Animal, co-host of the legendary sports talk show Sports Talk alongside Jimmy Himes. His name is John Wilkerson, of course, the voice of the Tennessee baseball team. John, welcome to the show. Oh, appreciate it, Eric. Thank you very much for having me. And this is year number what in the booth for you calling Tennessee baseball? My 32nd year with the program. Ooh. And last year's run, I mean, it's got a it's got a rank up there. You know, I don't want to speak for you, but it's it's got to be pretty high up there in terms of uh, just enjoyable experiences you've had with this with this uh, program, right? Very much so, because you consider that since the 2005 trip to Omaha, which was Luke Hochaver, Chase Headley, and that incredible collection, Tennessee had made one trip to the NCAA tournament. That was back in 2019, off to a great start in 2020. And of course, COVID shut everything down. And then last year, to see Tennessee get all the way back, to win the Eastern Division for the first time since 97, and to watch this collection of players be the group that brought Tennessee back to Omaha for a fifth time in the program's history. Those, they were so deserving. They put in such hard work, such great effort that, I mean, to realize and, and enjoy how much fun the 2019 season was just to end the 14 year drought of not being in the NCAA tournament. And then to follow that up with the next postseason, you make it to the championship game of the SEC tournament in Hoover for the first time. And then you go on to Omaha after hosting the first ever super regional at Lindsey Nelson stadium. It really was such an incredible year as enjoyable as I've had with my time at Tennessee. Well, John, you know, we had uh, our, our friend Ben McKee on the show yesterday to kind of preview the season as well. And, and I asked him simply, you know, the entire Tony Botello era, we continue to say, all right, taking this step, taking this step, taking this step. What's the next step for the Tennessee baseball team? Because you went to Omaha last year. Absolutely. And and it's just to uh, to go and, and, and perhaps do even go even farther because you made it to Omaha. And I mean, Tennessee lost back-to-back games twice last season. One afternoon in a doubleheader against Indiana State, and the other were their two games in Omaha. That was it. It was such a remarkable characteristic of last year's team. They just were able to hit the reset button when it didn't go their way. And I think that would be the only thing that uh, that you really could follow up. Now, granted, uh, you, you did win the Eastern Division, but uh, you didn't win the SEC tournament championship when you had a chance to. I do think that there are things that are within reach for this program to be stronger. But I, I know that since they got a taste of the College World Series, now it's not just to get back. It's to get back and go farther. So gone are some you know big, important roles from this baseball team from a year ago that were instrumental in getting Tennessee to winning that Eastern Division, you know, hosting regionals, hosting Supers, on to Omaha, but you still bring back a nice core of players in Jordan Beck, Drew Gilbert, Evan Russell, Blake Tidwell, who unfortunately is going to be out for at least the first portion of the season, hopefully getting him back by uh, by SEC play. But nonetheless, what do you like about this collection of talent that, off the, that uh, also adds a lot of new faces to this clubhouse this year? 
Yeah, I do think it is a good mix. And uh, and you're not just relying on all freshmen to uh, to help you lead the way. They they've got some veterans who have some time under their belt that now join this program and that's what you saw last year's team kind of be a mix up. You say goodbye to somebody like Chad Dallas who Tennessee was his second stop after going to the junior college ranks. He was so good for Tennessee, never really was circled as the Friday starter, but boy, he sure did make the most of it in his time in the orange and white. And then you look at such a building block like Sean Hunley, who arrived the same year that Evan Russell did. And so Hunley was just the Swiss army knife out of the pen. He could start a game. He could come in the middle innings to, to shut down and perhaps flip the script, or he could close it out as we saw him do on so many occasions. And then you had those cornerstones to the building process for Tony Vitello and his staff. And it is going to take some getting used to that. You won't see Connor Pavaloni. You won't see Max Ferguson, Jake Rucker, or Liam Spence. But I also think that you have guys that have waited their turn. And that's what stands out about this team is you've got guys. We know the transfer portal gives you that opportunity to hit the door if you ever feel like uh, you might get something better elsewhere. But you have guys that have waited their time. They've loved being a part of the program, and now it's their chance to shine. So for a Trey Lipscomb, who I think is going to be so good, and he's also versatile, can play third base, could also play short if you need him to. But he's somebody who is such a slick fielder. Uh, for him, the proving ground is going to be in the batter's box, and I do think he's ready for that. Had a fantastic summer. And then I think you've got Luke Lipsius back for a super senior year, along with Redmond Walsh, and you already uh, mentioned Evan Russell. I just think to have him anchoring the infield, it's perfect for Tennessee to go through this transition where you do have three other new starters actually in the field for Tennessee defensively. And then, of course, Russell, he goes from being an outstanding defensive player in left field, and now uh, he, he goes back behind the plate. Actually arrived at Tennessee as a catcher. Now he gets to, uh, to put on the so-called tools of ignorance. See, I'm sure he is stoked to be behind the plate and to have that role, to fill that role for Tennessee, because that's what these guys do. They wait for their name to be called. They say, put me where you need me to be, and I'll do my very best to help this team get across the finish line. Yeah, John, you brought it up there. I was That's where I was going next. Evan Russell, a guy that's been here for a hot minute that's you know, obviously I had some major hits, some big time home runs, kind of that heart and soul of the lineup for a couple of years, making the move from left field to behind the plate. He did come here as a catcher, but I mean, that is a tough transition for a guy that has not been a, you know, an everyday catcher throughout his college, uh, collegiate career. Uh, what's some of the the talk in the offseason about that transition? And what do you what are your expectations for him kind of managing this staff behind the plate, primarily kind of new to the position, I guess? Well, you know that nobody's going to work harder to make himself the best that he can be at it. And as you mentioned, he arrived at Tennessee, kind of penciled in as a catcher. That looked like the role that he was going to play. He just, will say, was behind the eight ball when it came to what he was able to do defensively at that position. Then they tried him at third. That didn't work out, so he landed in left. And Coach Vitello last year really remarked, you go back to Tennessee's trip to Tuscaloosa, and he saves a game and literally saves the weekend for Tennessee. They had lost the Friday game. It was the first Friday game they had lost in the season. And then they uh, it's a rally, a late rally by Alabama with a chance to, to clinch the series win. He makes a diving grab in shallow left, which was just a remarkable play. And that allowed the game to, to continue. Tennessee won an extra innings and then got the rubber match on Sunday. So for him to go from somebody who you just look for a place you could stick him defensively to a plus defender as he was in left field, 
you know that he's going to put that same passion, drive, and energy into his efforts behind the plate. Does have a little familiarity with it, but I don't think there's any question. There's going to be a learning curve because it's this level of play. It's the SEC, and it's a team that right now picked fourth in the Eastern Division, is right there in the championship mix. So I, I do think it's going to be something to watch, but I also know, again, that nobody's going to work harder than Evan Russell to make himself the best that he can be. It's a voice of the Tennessee baseball team, John Wilkerson. Two more, John. A um, couple guys, uh, you know, you don't you don't have to go too uh, in-depth with them, but a couple guys that Tennessee fans don't know now but are going to know pretty soon. Well, I, I think Chase Burns is somebody who could also, because you mentioned Blade Tidwell and, and the unfortunate fact that preseason All-American, unfortunately, is going to start on the shelf. But I think Chase Burns, a freshman, uh, he was thought to be perhaps somebody who might not make it to Tennessee via the past the Major League Baseball draft, but he did. And this is something I think he's so excited to uh, to talk about. And I'm also going to go with uh, with Ben Joyce. He's somebody who was on the shelf all last season. I mean, both these guys are power arms, and I look for Burns to be a contributor at the start of a game, could maybe even get the ball to start the season. We'll see. Starter hadn't been announced just yet. And then I think Joyce is going to be heavily factored and featured in what we see as Tennessee's bullpen rolls this season. But he, of course, again, got to be in Omaha, but unfortunately didn't get to pitch for Tennessee last year. And I think he is super excited about the opportunity that he has. He's already touched 100 in terms of Tennessee's fall ball. And there are guys, as we got to hear from Drew Gilbert yesterday, he says, you look at this staff, he thinks that's an area where Tennessee could be even stronger this year than last year's College World Series team. And that's the number of arms they have that can simply flame throw. So you've got five guys that can touch 100, but I, I would go with just two right off the bat. Both would be out of the bull, excuse me, on the mound, and that would be Chase Burns and Ben Joyce. You can never have enough arms and Man, the game has changed in the last 10 years or so. I mean, you know, even when I was younger, uh, you know, if you had a guy that could you know, come in there and hit 100, I mean, that was that was saying something. Now it's, you know, you better have a couple of guys in that bullpen that can come in and touch 100. Uh, last thing, John, um, you know, Chase Burns potentially will be getting that, that nod for the open day start, the true freshman. Maybe Chase Dolander, a newcomer formerly of Georgia Southern, could get yep. that nod. He'll be on the mound at some point this weekend. Uh, if not on Friday, I would expect maybe as the game two starter. Uh, but nonetheless, Georgia Southern, a team Tennessee swept last season uh, to begin the season. What do you know about Georgia Southern here and the uh, challenges that will be presented for Tennessee in this season opening weekend? Well, it's quality program, and, and I think they're going to be really excited for the opportunity. Tennessee went down there, and I mean, it was such a competitive series, and that's exactly what Tony Vitello was looking for when he scheduled them. Uh, because they went home and home, which you don't hardly ever see. But Tennessee went down there to open their season. This is an SEC caliber program. And it's one that you know is going to be good. It's going to be sound. And and last year, Tennessee was able to win each of the first two games, four to three. But uh, they did it in completely different ways. And then in the finale, they go extra innings before a grand slam by Liam Spence is what separated Tennessee from the Eagles. I think it's going to be another challenge. Not 100% sure in terms of their particular strengths, but you know they'll be motivated because they have a guy, as you just pointed out, and Chase Dollander, who went from being at Georgia Southern to now being a Tennessee volunteer, and you know they'll be really anxious to, uh, to go up against their former teammate as he found himself a new home. 
I just think that uh, last year was a very, very competitive series, and I think they'll be looking to, uh, to rain on Tennessee's parade as the road team, just as the Vols did last year for them. Not only one of the best, but one of the coolest guys in the business, that is Mr. John Wilkerson. Hey, John, you'll have, uh, obviously, coverage on Sports Talk and Tennessee Baseball all season long. Uh, we carry those games on the Sports Animal. Um, Tony Vitello, you have him weekly. What, uh, I know it moves around sometimes, but typically, whereabouts in the week do you have uh, Tony Vitello on Sports Talk? Well, we have essentially the coaches show, which will be at 530 on Mondays, as he's good to join us coming out of each weekend series. And then we usually get a preview on Friday. Sometimes it'll be Thursday if that's when the series starts. But day of each weekend series, we get a preview from the coach. And so Friday afternoon, we'll have comments from Coach Vitello. And then Monday, he'll join us at 530 to wrap up the weekend and preview the week ahead. So it's uh, he's always been great with, uh, with our excess, and we very much appreciate that. And it's so hard to believe. Year five for Tony Vitello begins Friday, and I'm just anxious and excited to see it because I can't wait to see what happens next. Should be a good one. Check out Vince Ferrara alongside this guy right here, John Wilkerson, in the booth all season long um, via the Ball Radio Network here locally on the Sports Animal. John, thanks so much. Sure to appreciate it, Eric. We'll point out that the games before we get them on the radio will be streamed on utsports.com. And we're looking forward to Tennessee's trip to Houston first weekend in March as to be when our radio coverage begins on 99.1 The Sports Animal. But uh, always appreciate the invite to be with you on Locked On Balls. Eric, thank you very much. Hey, thank you, John. We'll get you back on. Yeah, uh, that is John Wilkerson. Uh, fantastic, fantastic voice. You guys know that voice. Uh, you guys watch on YouTube, maybe putting a face to the voice now. Uh, one of the best, truly one of the best to do it. And uh, like I said, just a really, really cool cat uh, as well. All right, we'll come back and uh, finish off this week's Locked on Vols here in just a moment. I want to tell you about Bill Barr. John is also a big fan of the Bill Barr as well. It's the time of the year to where you're trying to keep those New Year's resolutions and ditch the candy bars and add Bill Bars to your diet. 17 grams of protein. If you stack that up against some of those candy bars that you might be eating, that's about 240 calories. These Bill Bars, somewhere around 130 calories on average, but 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, tons and tons of selection. You got the coconut, uh, almond, cherry, uh, cookie dough, cookies and cream, all that. But the best part about it is that they're all covered in 100% chocolate. It tastes so good, but also it's good for you. Protein-infused Bill Bars. You can find all the selection, find everything you need, and order yours today. That's at Built.com. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. That's at Built.com. It's been fun previewing this Tennessee baseball season that's set to begin tonight against Georgia Southern. We'll get more into the nitty-gritty. Um, I'm also co-hosting the Diamond Balls podcast with my buddy Ben McKee, who joined our show uh, two days ago to preview Tennessee baseball. That's available on SoundCloud. That's available on Apple Podcasts as well. The Diamond Podcast, I'll be a part of that podcast talking uh, Tennessee baseball all season long. So if you want to check that out, I encourage you to give that a follow. But of course, we'll talk Tennessee baseball on this show all season long. So I appreciate our buddy John Wilkerson for stopping by the show. we got a final segment here left of a Friday Locked On Vols. I'm your host, Eric Kane. And Tuesday night was fun. Step one of this, again, I'll continue. Might as well trademark it, right? We talk about enough here on this show. This brutal six-game stretch to end the regular season, right? Step one was a good one. A, uh, a, a 
Final score is not going to show that it was dominant, but that was a, that was that, that, that was an ass whooping, right? I mean, ten, Tennessee Tennessee whipped up on Kentucky. That was fun to watch um, on, on Tuesday night. So, a challenge ahead. Tennessee will be on the road tomorrow for game one of two during this brutal six-game stretch against Arkansas, arguably one of the best teams playing right now in the country. Arkansas is 20-6 and six on the season, 9-4 and four in SEC play. Head coach Eric Musselman has really got the Hogs playing at an accelerated level. Arkansas has won 10 of its last 11 ball games this season. Of course, that lone loss coming last Saturday at Alabama, who started to turn uh, the tides with, no pun intended, turn the tide a little bit with Nate Oates and finishing off the regular season strong. So Arkansas winners of 10 of its last 11 games. It began SEC play, get this, 0-3. Had a road loss at Mississippi State A&M, had a home loss to Vanderbilt, uh, but has since followed that stretch to begin conference play by winning eight straight. All right, um, it, it, it's rolling right now. Arkansas sits fourth in the SEC standings right now, one game behind Tennessee and Kentucky. So fourth in the SEC standings, one game behind the Wildcats and the Volunteers. Arkansas fourteen and one this season, much like Tennessee. Tennessee is undefeated, thirteen and zero inside Thompson Bowling Arena. But Arkansas is fourteen and one so far this season at Bud Walton Arena. One of the uh, hardest places to play really in the country, especially in the SEC. And Tennessee, that is going to be a challenge for the Volunteers. Uh, tomorrow is playing inside Bud Walton Arena. This game is set to tip at 4 o'clock. It's going to be a challenge. Uh, in terms of Quadrant 1 teams that Arkansas faced, 2-4 and four record. All right. Uh, reminder, Tennessee is 19-6 on the season, 10-3 in SEC play. All six losses for the Volunteers come from Quadrant 1 wins. Um, you've got Arkansas that is two and four against Quadrant One, wins at LSU on the road and against Auburn, top ranked Auburn at the time just a couple of weeks ago. You got JT or JD Noday, I believe Noday is how you say it. JD Noday, it's a senior guard. Tennessee's very familiar with him. Uh, he was on the roster last year when Tennessee played, and uh, John Fulkerson, we'll get to that in a moment, but John Fulkerson had a good game. Uh, no Day has got 18.8 points per game. That's second in the SEC, uh, 2.4 steals per game. That leads the SEC, and that is eighth in the nation. So getting it done on the offensive end, also a good perimeter defender is J.D. Note Day. And uh, Jalen Williams. Uh, Jalen Williams, uh, the forward, nearly averaging a double-double for uh, the Hogs this year. 10.2 points per game, 9.3 rebounds per game. Uh, th that rebound mark of 9.3, that's second in the SEC, obviously second behind Oscar Shibway of Kentucky, um, who, by the way, had six boards with like seven minutes into the game. That was incredible, right? Nonetheless, we're talking Jalen Williams here. 9.3 rebounds per game. That's second in the SEC behind Oscar Sheboy. That is 17th in uh, the country. You look at the ESPN basketball index and that, that matchup predictor, and Tennessee is... Oh, as it waits to load, excuse me. Tennessee is favored to win at 59.6%. That's the percent of a chance of victory for the Volunteers. Uh, Arkansas has got a 40.4% chance of victory. Uh, so far this season. Again, let's just run through the schedule for Arkansas a little bit. Arkansas has won 10 of its last 11 games. That one hiccup coming at Alabama last Saturday. Mentioned the tough stretch to where there was a point in time where Arkansas won only one of its last six games. That was back from December the 11th all the way to January the 8th. One of its last six games, a 1-5 stretch for Arkansas, Losing to Oklahoma, losing to 
Hofstra, which was just an inexcusable loss. Um, it also lost an SEC play, as we mentioned, to Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M. That lone win came against Elon back on uh, December the 21st. But it started the season off on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9-game win streak, then went on a 1-5 stretch at the, at the Lowell, and has since won every single game except, except Alabama um, on the schedule. Again, since that 1-5 stretch that ended on January the 12th, Arkansas is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 and 1 with that loss last week to um, Ar- to Alabama, of course. You can make the case that Arkansas is playing better than anybody in the country. So, again, Tennessee's got two games against the Hawks here to end this season. The first one coming on the road at a tough environment in Bud Walton Arena. Um, it is going to be a challenge. One more thing. A couple more things I like to read off here as previewing these matchups. According to Ken Palm, offensive adjusted efficiency rating, Tennessee is 28th, Arkansas is 67th. Defensive uh, efficiency rating, Tennessee is 4th, Arkansas is 18th. Ken Palm's strength of schedule, Tennessee is 6th, Arkansas is 71. And the net rankings, the latest net rankings, Tennessee is a top 10 team at number 9, and Arkansas is at number 29. So it should be a really, really challenging game. Tennessee is going to need great, great guard play from Kennedy Chandler, from Zakai Ziegler, from Santiago Vescovi. It'd be nice for Josiah Jordan-James to have to bounce out of his little shooting slump, this little two-game mini shooting slump. Um, and, uh, of course, we'll have to see what John Fulkerson can give you again. Can Jonas Adu continue to give you some positive minutes? But back on Fulkerson, who had 14 points, 8 rebounds, and a couple of blocks the other night, he shined last year, January 21st, when Tennessee had a 79-74 win over Arkansas. Um, he finished the game with, I think, 15, 16 points. Let's see, 16 points, 8 rebounds, 3 block shots, and had 3 assists. Not expecting that performance from John Fulkerson this go around, but certainly it would be uh, a welcome one. All right, so a challenge. Tennessee, I look at it as like kind of a pick right now, right? Because it's a Bud Walton Arena, but there's there's no excuse. There's no reason um, to pick against Tennessee right now, and I'm being completely honest. I mean, Tennessee is playing just outstanding basketball. I said before the Kentucky game, I think Tennessee will go 1-1. One and one. I feel better about the Kentucky game at home than I do Arkansas on the road. But seeing how Tennessee competed and battled with Kentucky earlier in the week, hey, no reason to to ever pick against Tennessee right now. Tennessee, just like Arkansas, just like Auburn at points in times this year, just like Kentucky at points in times this year, playing its best basketball right now. So we'll see how it goes. Again, that game will tip at 4 o'clock on the road at Bud Walton Arena. Fun, fun show today. We did a little Mount Rushmore lazy sports talk conversation honoring Robert Nealon, the general. He was born on yesterday's date of night of 1892. Uh, we discussed the Mount Rushmore Tennessee Athletics. Caught up with our buddy and the voice of the Tennessee baseball team, John Wilkerson. And, of course, got it just said the preview for Tennessee at Arkansas. Should be a great game, and it was a fantastic week here on Locked On Vols. Can't thank you guys enough for subscribing on the YouTube channel. Just a couple away from 400. Let's get there as we inch ever so closer to our goal of 1,000 subs. And again, guys, this is just in like 28 days. So miraculous, miraculous starts. Uh, continue on there. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Balls your first listen. Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy. News and notes and interviews from players, coaches around the SEC. Give that a listen. Make that your second listen. Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. Guys, thanks so much. That's going to do it here for this episode of Locked On Balls. It was a fun one. Stay safe, everybody, and enjoy the rest of your Friday.